Kislev, the, the, the second to the last entry page, Zion. We, we started reading this last Sunday, and I told you that we continue with today. Okay, now, we're reading. The Avedas from the Yidin in the Tzayt from the Yavadim Zanin Yavad. This Hayyem Yem has three parts. The first part describes the sins of the Jewish people in the times of the Yavadim. The second part describes the Shdraf Tzara, the punishment and the Tzadas which came as the consequence of these Avedas. And the third is the great great godly wondrous salvation, the miracle of Hanukkah. So we're going to focus on the first one at the moment. And the Rabbi says, the Avedas from the Yidin, the sins of the Jewish people, I'm reading the text again. In the time of the Yavadim, in the time of the Hellenists and the Greeks, they were, number one, they're being friends with the Yavadim. And this one we spoke about last week, there's a the Raisa called you should know that in America this is a difficult one because and the opportunities that we have in the United States of America are almost unprecedented in Jewish history but there's a lot of a Jew and a Goy are not allowed to be too friendly and one of the expressions of it is the expression you don't want to break bread with a Goy I mentioned this to you last week that the reason that Chachamim instituted Bishalakum and Pasaku, you're not allowed to eat food cooked by a guy, you're not allowed to eat bread or cakes baked by a guy, is, I'm sorry? Yainesach is a little bit different. Yainesach can be even of a desire. But Pasakum and Bishalakum, assuming that it's kosher food, is specifically because, as the expression is, food is love. Everybody knows it. And you're not supposed to be too friendly with a guy. Now, if you live in a country where goyim are anti Semites and they hate Jews, and the whole Indian of eating with a guy is always to find the Zakhbar and goy. You know, you want the guy to like you, whatever. It's not that difficult. To be, you know, when you live in a civilization which gives really, I mean, you cannot say that this isn't true. Unprecedented opportunity and possibility for Yidin. I once spoke about this at the Rebbe in the Sikh of Mishpatim Tafshin and Beis, one month before Chavzai Nodesh. That powerful Sikh about uh, the United Nations. So the Rebbe said in that Sikh that America is a Machal Shalchasim, is a nation of kindness. That's what's printed in the Sikh. But I was by the Fabrengen, and the Rebbe didn't say Machal Shalchasim. The Rebbe said the whole Fabrengen, maybe ten times. Version that ever changed it, but the Shasmaita that ever said again and again and again about American Goyim, now there's a Korean Xiv, obviously, the way it was spoken, the way it's written is different. And the Tadish about the written version of it says, there's a very big difference between a nation of kindness and a nation of Hasidium Asylum. But the Rebbe did say Hasidium Asylum, and there's no Plato's Aped, they didn't make any mistakes. This was the way it was spoken, and this is the way it was published, and they're both MS. Whatever the shot is, is another question, but that's not the point. When you live in a nation like this, for a Jew to know the Indian, that a Goy and a Yid have to be separated, it's difficult. But it happens to be true, a Yid has to be separate from a Goy. There are certain in Yonim, Yidin have to be separate. It doesn't mean that you have to tell the guy that we're separate. The, the Rebbe's expression is you don't have to bite people's noses off. But there are ways of doing this that are sensitive to the guy and so on and so forth. But being too friendly with a guy is not Yiddish. You didn't have to know that there's a separation between Yiddin and Goyim. And we're not such big tzaddikim that we're 
human beings. And Taylor says that uh, there has to be this machita, this separation between Yidin and Goyim. And at that time, there was an assimilation, a, a social assimilation. A social assimilation means to say that Yidin were very comfortable with the Goyim. They wanted to be comfortable with the Goyim. And this necessary machita, this Abdullah, this barrier that's supposed to exist in Yidin Goyim was penetrated, was violated. There are bigger avedas in Yiddishkeit, but it's the first step. Right? In the Chumash, I spoke about this last week. The Chumash says, and then, right? the Yomar explains what this means. That if God forbid a Jewish girl marries a Goy, the children are Jewish. But God forbid a Jewish man marries a Goy, that's it. Jewish seed is lost forever and ever and ever to the Jewish people. And the beginning of it is eating breaking bread with a goy, eating and drinking with a goy. And Peter prohibits it. And in the times of Yavonim, they made this breach. And the reason I'm underscoring it and emphasizing it is because in America it's a test, a real test. The MS, you know, people who work and they have to go to the to the annual parties that the companies make. It's a terrible desire. You can't not go. Sometimes you have, unfortunately, a yid who doctor wants you not to go, and doctor is going to search his concussion. So there has to be a way, of very elegantly, very able, very wisely, but at the same time, very firmly, to appreciate that there's a half dollar, there's a separation of yidin and goyim. It's the first issue, and the second is learning their culture, learning their culture. Now here too, we're not talking here about big avedas. The next one. Shabbos and Maya, this is a base, biggest of in the faith. But the second issue, the first thing that happens was you become too friendly. And the second thing is you're in a from their culture. You start to be impressed by the culture and you want to assimilate into the culture. Now, how terrible is that? I mean, the fact of the matter is that in Golos, wherever Yidin went, the flavor of Yiddishkeit, as the Rebbe says in the Sikhs, reflects the civilizations where Yidin were. In other words, the different customs that Jewish people have reflect the environment and the societies of the Goyim amongst whom they live. But this too has to be done with this Mechitza. The learning from the culture created a terribly devastating thing. In America, what's the culture? The culture is art. The culture is fashion. Right? Some of this culture is Taka Osir, it's Din. But some of this culture is not such a big Aveda. It's what we call Taiva's Hesed. How terrible is it to read literature? How terrible is it to be sophisticated, to be cultured, to be enlightened? Why do you have to adopt to be a shlepid, but it's an Aveda. It's an Aveda. Learning from the from the uh, from the Daki Amari, from the ways of Goyim, is not acceptable. Pashas Kedeshim, it says, it says the Pashas Kedeshim, it's a laugh. No, I need a Chumash. That means to say
like the deeds of the land of Mitzrayim, which you were in the past, you shouldn't do. Like the deeds of Canaan, you're going to also So you look in Rashi at this pasuk. So Rashi translates. Mitzrayim and Masiyah Kenan actually translates that wherever Jewish people were, the civilization was the most immoral, was the most soulless, the most corrupt. You shouldn't learn from the disgusting behavior of these nations. But on the words of you shouldn't go in there. Once the Torah says you shouldn't do as they do, naturally it means you shouldn't go on their ways. What the Chokhazem like the Lechu? Look, there actually there's two things. One is you're not allowed to learn from the immoral ways of the guy. From the Stein Vamayda culture, you're not allowed to learn. In addition to Trashi, What's Nimus? Their culture, their etiquette, the aspects of themselves which they put forward and say, look, aren't we refined? The pretty face. Aren't we sophisticated? Aren't we enlightened? Aren't we educated? This is called the Nimusia Goyim. Tafakukum Shalakin Tatiois, Vatstadiois. Tatiois means the theater. Atstadiois means the competition. What do you say? The Olympics, the, the, the competitions. And then the mayor says, This whole Gemara is about this, and there's a lot of chuvas about this. And Halacha and Paskim, you're not allowed to learn from the new Hussein and here again in America it's an Nisayim in Europe it wasn't an Nisayim the Goyim didn't let it be an Nisayim in America if you go back 50, 60, 70 years the problem that Thurum Yidin had was that it was assumed that even if you're going to be Thurum you were going to be American I mean this has changed a lot after World War II a lot of things have changed but in the olden days it was assumed that even if you were going to be a Thurum you wanted to be a Mensch and being a Mensch means having an education going to the movies from time to time there were certain things that are not just optional but the definition of if you sit with your employer your chaverim and work and you can't discuss this movie that movie the other movie it's not the pshat you missed something it defines you being informed about certain things if you don't read the paper every day you don't are not up to date on this and that and the other thing there's something deficient about your very very essence and this is called Chukia Goyim, Nemusia Goyim. And Tadis said, you're not allowed to indicate, imitate this, learn from this. And in the Hellenist culture, these are, these are American Israelis, no doubt about it. No one in America is going to kill you for Mechal Shabbos. The American Israelis is the Chavra Zechmediyevonim, on Lenazir Kultur. Our challenges in the civilization which we live, which really is kind to Jewish people, the Rebbe says, not only don't they interfere with our learning Tadis Mitzvahs, they help us learn Tadis Mitzvahs. The Rebbe says, this over and over and over and over again. But there's the melting element. And even that's changed considerably. But there is the Indian of melting, being normal. And its manifestations are being friendly with Goyim and not knowing that there is a barrier between Yidin and Goyim. And Lenin's their culture, learning their culture. These are very big tests. They're very big tests. And they're big tests because it comes to you with a smile. It comes to you with an embrace. It comes to you, please click here. Please click here. What's the What? What? 
It's only Klippas Noiga, and I can elevate it, of course. We're all about elevating. But why do I have to be such a Mishuganin? Why do I have to be such an extremist, such an ignoramus? And the Rebbe says that this was the beginning of the Aved of the Yavanim. But then it became much worse. It started off with Chavra Zechmedi Yavanim and Lenazer Kultur, not knowing that there has to be an impenetrable wall between Yidin and Goyim. And also, and we live in a society, right? What does our society tell us? That all those people who create barriers between one group and another, they're the source of hate and they're the source of war. I, I don't know how to say this elegantly, so I won't say it elegantly. In Judaism, there are separations between one group and another, and they're impenetrable. It doesn't mean you have a right to kill other people. It doesn't mean you have a right to treat people without, without respect. It doesn't mean you have a right to, to, you know, to, to step on other people's heads. But there is a separation between you that's not going to change. People can change it, but Taylor will not change. They're not going to rewrite this book. Sorry to tell you. And as they learn in their culture, to learn from their culture, it's also a very big mistake. And then comes the more basic in Yonah. From Chavon Zechmedi Yavonim and learn in their culture, it evolved into what? Kill Shabbos and Mayim. A desecration of Shabbos and Yomtiv. And we've spoken about this many, many times. <laughs> was that the Yavonim were very sophisticated people. You have to understand, right? There was a man named Alexander of Macedonia, Alexander Mugdun. Alexander Mugdun lived in Atuna, lived in Greece. Atuna is Athens. And or he was the evolution of Athens. And Goyim will tell you that the inventors of modern civilization were the Greeks. The devil will tell you that the inventors of modern civilization was Abraham Avinu. And the, the Chokmas Yavan came from the Chokmas Yisrael, from the Chokmas Bnei Yisrael. Like the Rambam writes many times in his Svarim that they took it from the Bnei Yisrael, but our Svarim were lost and their Svarim remained, so they're getting credit for it, but it's really Chokmas Yisrael. But it was, they were very, they were, they, they had a whole culture, a whole society, a whole civilization. They had democracy, they had elections, they really were very forth, they were very, very modern. What's the word? Progressive. What they did with this up? They were pagans. And a part of their essence was that modernization means you have to divorce the tradition. You have to go away from the old ways. And historically, nobody had an impact on the world. No one person impacted the direction of civilization more than Alexander the Great. I, I, I think that's a truism. No man, I'm talking outside of Abraham Avinu, I'm not talking about Taylor. No single person changed the face of the world more than Alexander Macedonia. He, he's a king for 11 or 12 years. Very sure he died at 32 years old. And he conquered the whole world by a from India to Ethiopia. And from Somalia to Britannia. He conquered the whole world. Nobody knows how he did it. He was an amazing general. But he was a Hellenist. He was a Talmud Muvak of a, of a, of a, of a Aristotle. And his philosophy and his ideas came from Aristotle. And when he conquered the world, like Napoleon of 200 years ago, he killed who knows how many millions of people. Wars. He was doing the world a favor. 
favor. Napoleon was convinced the day he died that his efforts for the Shem Shemaim, he wasn't trying to kill people. He was trying to help people. How do you help people? You accept what I believe or you are smashed up, flooded in God. But it's all Avas Hashem and Avas Hashem and Avas Hashem. And Alexander Mugden conquered the whole world. And he Hellenized the whole world. He changed the whole world. He brought into the world a Pekursus. Instead of a disorder, a Pekursus. And a Pekursus is worse than a disorder. That is terrible, but Avedizad a person gets skilled at Rahman al-Islam. But Avedizad is Ruach, spiritual after all. He Hellenized, he secularized the whole world. The next was, as the Gemara says, that he didn't touch Israel. Alexander Macedonia himself did not touch Israel. The Gemara says the story, the Gemara, that he came to conquer Jerusalem and Shimon Atzadik came out wearing the big dikuhun of Yudayla, the garments of the high priest. And Alexander of Macedonia, who bowed for Noah, talk about Gaiva. I mean, he, in the dictionary under conceit, there's a picture of him. Got off his horse and he bowed to Shimon Atzadik. And his warriors were shocked. He, he, he had no respect for anybody. And he says, when I go into battle, I see this man battling on my behalf. But when he died, nobody could sustain his empire. It was impossible to sustain his empire, especially in that world where there was no communication and you couldn't travel swiftly. So it was split into three. The northern empire became Rome. The southern empire became Egypt. And the eastern empire became uh, Antioch. Syria. And each one of these three kingdoms were all Hellenists. They were all Apokos. Took turns ruling over Israel. In the beginning of Ayesheni, Yidm and Israel were ruled by the Ptolemyan kings of Mitzrayim, the Egyptian kings. And then they were succeeded by the Syrian Greeks. And that's the story of Hanukkah happened. We'll get to it momentarily. And the last hundred years of Ayesheni were ruled by Rome. And the Roman Empire lasted whatever till the third or the fourth century. And then it was split into the Eastern and the Western Empire and so on. But this is all the influence of one man. Alexander Mugdun. And don't think for one moment, Alexander Mugdun, the Abish that take it This is the Abish that does This is the will of God Almighty. Why the Abish that wanted it? I'll give you his fax number. You'll, I'm sorry, his email address. Is Maybe he'll be kind enough to answer you. I don't know why the Abish that wanted it. But this is the fact that the world became a new world as a result. And Yidin were in the center of it. And those Yidin were loyal to Tadish Balpeh, to the Chachamim, didn't get caught up in all the isms that stuck him in all their various forms and mutations and mutations of mutations were connected to and so on. When the Syrian Greeks took over at Yisrael, they started to force the Jewish people. And it all started with being friends with the Romans, with the Syrians. What's so terrible being friends with a guy? What's so terrible to learn their culture? So you want to learn Greek. You want to know the new systems of mathematics and geometry that they taught and inspired they were brilliant people. That was the Nisayan. They were so smart. And they taught such Chachma. But it was Kalta Chachma. It was Taita Chachma. It was not Taita Semis. It was not God's infinite wisdom. It was the wisdom of man, which was very egocentric, very Gaiva oriented, and it was godless. And as a result, it brought Chil Shabbos Amayyad. What's this particular aspect of Chil Shabbos Amayyad? As I'm explaining to you, they were all about modernization. And one of the central building blocks of their modernization was their calendar. They made a new calendar which followed the sun rather than follow the moon. In the ancient world, right, it's not a medrash. Right, there's a word called equinox. Equinox means 
equinox means that the, the sun has two peaks in the sky. There's a peak in the northern sky and a peak in the southern sky. The peak in the northern sky is the longest day, which is in June. And the peak in the southern sky, for those who live in the northern hemisphere, is the is the shortest day of the year. What's opposite June? November, I'm sorry, December. And the Chazal tell us that Adam and Chave and then they started to see that the days were getting shorter. And Adam and Chave decided that the days were going to continue getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until there won't be any more sun and the world will die. And uh, this different day is what day it was in the beginning of Tavis when they saw the days lengthen. So then they knew that they were forgiven for the Chet and Tzadah's You know about this medrash? When the sun, in other words, the days kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. But then it reached its peak. You know, it, it's like a, a spiral, like a, this. And when the sun started to revolve lower, in other words, the day became a drop longer, they celebrated, they realized, ah, we're not going towards death. There's, you know, there's life after it's Tzadah's Tzadah. But it's very, it, it was very complicated to make a solar calendar. It was very easy to make a lunar calendar. And in the olden days, life was determined by moons. The first moon, the second moon, the third moon, that's how people lived. In other words, they followed essentially a lunar calendar. The lunar calendar is very easy to follow, but there's an unbelievable discrepancy, and that is that every year you lose 11 days plus. Which means that if you follow a lunar calendar strictly, as the Muslims do, every three months you lose a month. And every... Every three years you lose a month. Every six years you lose two months. Every nine years you lose three months. So every 18 years you lose six months. So Pesach, instead of being in the spring, will be in the fall. And every 36 solar years is 37 lunar years. That's that's very significant over the course of history. So the Greeks had this new calendar. And they came to the Jews and said, enough with this lunar calendar. A solar calendar. Now our calendar is not not a lunar calendar. It's a, it's a composite, it's a combination of the solar and lunar calendar. We have what's called a leap year. And the Greeks said, Stop being old fashioned, be modern. And that's why there was such an objection to the Indian of Mayadim, the Yom Tavim, because it, it touched this nerve of modern versus tradition. Shabbos and Mila, they also objected to, but for a different reason. Because Shabbos and Mila are a covenant between God and the Jewish people. They couldn't deal with this idea of covenant. They could have a problem with God. And they certainly had a problem with a covenant. Why? Because it is unmodern for things not to change. Modern means evolution. Modern means change. Modern means here today and gone tomorrow. Modern means at one time your reality will be history books. And that's acceptable. That in a thousand years from today they'll write in history there was once a president named Bush or whatever it is and he did kach I he is gone and his civilization is gone and his ideology is gone his philosophy is gone and people say that those people were crazy and out of their minds and maybe even barbaric it doesn't matter that's what modern living is and traditional living means that we live for things that are timeless that never change so it was a clash of two worlds and it manifested in the Greeks and the Syrian Greeks objecting to those aspects of our lives that were traditional either they were traditional 
because they were the old-fashioned way, or they were traditional because they refused to melt, they refused to modify, they refused to change, and this is where the, the war took place. This is where the sparks happened. So the Rebbe said, the third Indian is, Chil Shabbos Umay, this creation of Shabbos, which was a covenant, a timeless component of the relationship between the Abish, they had a problem with this, and the Chil of May, the, of the calendar that we keep. Asantreifus, of eating not kosher, we understand, Asantreifus, Tape is an Aveda. There are many Avedas. There are many, right? I hate to say it, there are 613 mitzvahs, 365 a lot. But tape is unique. Tape is unique. You know that it says in Sfat, it says in Tasmus. The Pasuk says, No sin can happen by mistake to a tzaddik. Hashem protects the tzaddikim from doing Avedas. That it means specifically eating things. Other Avedas can happen to a tzaddikim by accident. Not safe. Why? Because when the person eats safe, it becomes them. They become the non-kosher that they eat. So in other Avedas, they're taka Avedas, and they're not good. But this idea that Hashem protects the tzaddik is unique, is specific, is special when it comes to eating faith. Because the food that we eat becomes us. And it's again an example of what the Greeks had a problem with. Goy comes to eat and says, why don't you eat not kosher? Why don't you eat not kosher? Why don't we eat not kosher? All the reason? Hygiene. Jews lived in a desert. They didn't have good refrigeration. And spoiled, you didn't know this, spoiled food is very, very dangerous to the human system. We don't have stomachs like cats do. So you have to keep the food fresh. One of the ways of keeping the food fresh is with salt. So it became a tradition that you have to salt your food. But now that we have refrigeration, you're still salting your food. Not so healthy. You have too much sodium in your diet. Right? Etc. 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 Why can't you eat this and this and this? Because it's not clean. Well, there's ways of cleaning it up. There's ways of measuring the EPA, the, uh, the Department of Environmental Protection will go and show you that these crabs come from clean water, not from dirty water. Come, they're, they're, they're digesting good junk and not bad junk. Right? So, so then you come up with a different reason. You don't want to eat non-kosher food because the meat is the character of these animals is bad. And if you're going to eat the food, the meat from animals which have bad meat, those bad meats will transfer to you. What the Greeks going to say? What are you into superstition? That you eat the food. And who says you have to have a fine character? You have to be a warrior. You have to be a big chavaman. Maybe being brutal and tough is good. Not bad. So it also went to the very core of what it was that separated Yavon from Yisrael. Purity. Purity. Holiness. Fineness. Are the core definitions of a Jew. And by Shonim and Gabriel Chasot, that's a Jewish character. And the Greeks said they were not the last, the first people to say it, and they should not the last people to say it, had a problem with this whole idea. What? A person should honor himself and should pride himself in being stronger than another person, being able to beat the next guy up, being able to win a war. It's hard for us in our civilization to fathom it, but not that long ago. Being a warrior was an honor. Being a soldier, being a person who could professionally kill other people in conquest was a dignified condition. And it was also religion. They made it into a concept. They connected it to religion. Right? And 
comes a people and say, no, we don't need this food because we give it bad meters. It's going to make us want to hurt other people. It's going to make us want to be not honest. Whatever it is, that's nonsense. And the last ingredient is the nithit in the end of shatana. It's the same thing. The whole Tarsam Mishpach is Ruchnius. From start to finish, there's nothing real about Tarsam Mishpach. Right? And in the ancient worlds, Lahav Goyim believed that the opposite of Tarsam Mishpach is very dangerous. We all learned Chumish. Rachel said to Love, and Love says, What are you doing? She's sitting, she, sat, she put the Trophim underneath her, she sat on the Karagomo, and the Svarim say that in that civilization, a woman who was not a hater, you wouldn't have a look at her. So Rachel says to Lavan, he ran out of the tent. He was afraid of the demons. Right? So we got smart. We don't believe in those old superstitions. Yeah? But Taylor says no. Taylor doesn't say like the Ramban writes. We don't believe in the superstitions. We don't believe that it does. It's it's an Indian ruchim. But nevertheless, the Fidikim, we should read the Fidikim at the Sikhas when he writes about Tarasa Mishpach. And I got to read the opposite Tarasa Mishpach. The Poshet can have, no questions please, a detrimental effect on the children. Fidikim says his brain, Mine machlis, it affects God to bid the children even Bagashmir. The Yiddish Atar is Negea, not just in spiritual health, but Poshit in Gashmir's health. And again, what is a superstition? It's a heavenly, it's an exotic, it's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not real. You can't bring it to the Olympics. And these were the issues which the Goyim zeroed in on. These were the issues which the Syrian Greeks had a problem with because it was the opposite of modern, it was the opposite of enlightenment. It was the opposite of, of really what amounts to an attitude of we're the center of the universe, we're God. And it began with how terrible is to be friends with a Greek, how terrible is to learn their culture, but then it evolved the Chilo Shabbos Omeyid as in Trefis and Hidden Yiddish Those are how many points are they? One, two, three, four, five points. This is what the Yavanim brought to the Jewish people, and I'm sure it happened slowly. And of course, as you know, it wasn't just the Jewish people against the Syrian Greeks. There were many Misyadim Rahman and Islam, many Yidin who were unfortunately Fagoyish. Whatever the road that led them to that Fagoyish kite was, whether it was direct or it was they had already become Dukim Rahman and they already half assimilated. But this is what happened. And it created a calamity. And the Straf Tsaris give us the punishment and the Tsaris, which happened as a result. Is the The spiritual desecration, the spiritual destruction of the holy house of God, Hariga, murder, and enslavement in Golos. Three points. The first is the spiritual destruction of the base of Mikdash, not the actual destruction of the base of Mikdash. No, the building was a, was a, a masterful piece architecture. The Greeks would destroy such a beautiful home. You know what it was to build a temple out of stone 2400 years ago? It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a timeless expression of human innovation. That's what the Greeks were about. The temple was a wonderful place to do, to do uh, their, uh, their what do they call it? Their uh, circuses and their competitions. The temple, the temple was <laughs> They would destroy a temple of gorgeous. But the idea that you're bringing sacrifice to a God that you can't see, smell, touch, taste, or hear, nonsense at the Purim, so it's not exactly timely. But Purim was like another story. Purim was Yiddish Gurfus. Hagam the Rebbe brings in, in Pedah that 
they were interested in killing only Yehudim, but it was about Yiddish and Gufas, Jewish bodies that Haman wanted to destroy. In the story of Hanukkah, it was all about matters of spirituality. And then, of course, Harigyo and Shklavarai and Golos, the actual Tzadis that affected the Jewish people, they were killed for being Jewish and they were enslaved. And then the Rebbe says, how was it corrected? The Jewish people returned. This is a funny thing about Jewish people. If you want to assimilate the Jewish people, the last thing you want to do is hurt them. Because when you squeeze a Jew, what comes out? Shaman, the Pintleyid, what comes out is the most, the most beautiful, and the brightest, and the best, and the richest, the very essence of what a Yid is emerges when... Um, when uh, you squeeze a Yid and the Greeks made that mistake of crossing over from being friendly and nice to forcing the Jewish people and first of all it roused Yid into Tshuva and to the point of Mesiris Nefesh and the Rebbe says in all the Sikhs that the story of Mesiris Nefesh of Hanukkah transcends every category of Mesiris Nefesh and Allah in Jewish law there's a concept of Mesiris Nefesh and there are different types of Mesiris Nefesh according to Jewish law and then there's a Mesiris Nefesh which is not advocated in Jewish law under any conditions. And that was the Mesiras Nefesh that the Hashmanayim mustered, that the Hashmanayim rallied and inspired and brought forward on Mesiras Nefesh were not only did they, were they Makadashem Shemayim Barab, were they willing to die for their cause, they engaged in a battle. They went and fought a war and if they would ask any Iraq, made any Iraq, they're allowed to go do it. They would tell them it's Osur, 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 now they're going to suicide. They went to fight a war with the Syrian Greeks not to win. They had no expectation to win. They went to fight a war with the Syrian Greeks to make a statement. That's what the word Kiddush Hashem means. It's not dying for a purpose. It's dying to make a statement. And they went to fight a war with the Syrian Greeks to make a statement. You can kill us, you can't take us all. And they wished to make a nest. This Mesiras Nefesh elicited the unbelievable mace that happened by Hanukkah, which is why, of course, in Hasidus, Hasidus always talks about what the Gemara says. That we don't celebrate the victory and the battlefield we, we celebrate the oil because the battlefield was an effect the victory in the battlefield was a, was a, was a result the primius of Hanukkah is the neshama the pintalayid the kayacham sinas nefesh as the Rebbe calls it pach echad shemen the madrega of oil which is echad only one like this which is bechetzomish of Cain Godel at the seal of Cain Godel the pintalayid of every single Jew is represented by the Cain Godel and this kayak, this power, this energy, this emes, created the victory on the battlefield. So we celebrate not the effect, but the cause. Just like Purim. What do we celebrate in Purim? We celebrate the goyal. We celebrate the lottery. Adalayada. We don't celebrate the victory in war. We celebrate the Adalayada. And in Avoidah, what was the Adalayada? Purim, the Mesiras Nefesh, that Madachai Yehudi gathered together the 22,000 children, and he taught them about Allah's of Kmitzah with he was negated to the Kabbalah from the base of Mikdash. There was no base of Mikdash. She taught them the Allahs anyway. And Haman came to, and the children thought the Haman came to kill them. And they said to him, Itanu Itcha, Imanu 
this Mesidus Nefesh, everything else that happened later were dominoes, were an automatic effect, and Purim celebrates their Mesidus Nefesh, and the same is true of Chanukah. Durach Tshuva Mesidus Nefesh, through Tshuva and Mesidus Nefesh, returning to Hashem, and this self-sacrifice is Gikumen Digreise Get Lechavundar Yeshua came, the great and wondrous 